Oh my God. I think that like, it's the curse of the ambitious woman that also, because we're perceived as knowing a lot, I, I can imagine yes. you be a therapist. They're like, you should know how to fix everything in your marriage or no, it's not true. You know, learning comes from being in things and being willing to, again, talk about what's unsaid, I think in a lot of ways. And I, I just think it's so funny how we also have to carry that cross too. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest, literally, literally, I don't want to say like, I don't, what, what word, what can I say? She literally shocked me. And she has helped me create this movement. I don't really think she knows how much she influenced me based off of one talk. I'm going to get more into that, but let me go ahead and introduce her first. Her name is Jennifer Kim, also known as Jen. She is from San Francisco Bay Area, based brand building and leadership expert who gets entrepreneurs seen, heard, and paid for being themselves. She's the creator of the Master Brand Method, a framework to develop powerful brand archetypes that win customers' heart, leveraging Jennifer's 20 years of corporate experience and her launching of multiple companies. She uses the Master Brand Method in strategic consulting for emerging entrepreneurs. Celebrity brands like Oprah Winfrey Network and Steve Harvey and major corporations, including Verizon, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Bank of Hawaii. What she is most passionate about in her work today is her legacy project, Femme Affluence. Did I say that right? You did. <laughs> A platform that supports women leaders to fully rise into their influence and affluence so they can make an even greater impact in the world. Jennifer serves up straight talk wrapped in love, which is one of the main reasons I was so attracted to her, because she understands entrepreneurs' challenges. She built a retail business and became a millionaire at 32, only to lose it all in the recession two years later. 
She is now the successful owner of $3 million brand building business and the mother of three children. Hey, Jen. Oh my gosh, Veronica, we are going to have so much fun. Girl, today. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I, I exercised just for you because I was like, I need the energy on um, points on um, point. I, I did my hair. I was like, dude, we're going to go all the way. We're yes. going all the way. So when I met you, you know, I was, you were in this, um, this group circle, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it was this round table. It was a round table and there was, you know, a bunch of professionals providing us with guidance. We had attended the summit called Alt Summit. And I remember like your table, girl, your table was so full. And I was like, I remember passing it. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I don't even give a shit if there's no room. I'm gonna make room. I'm gonna you make did, room. Though. And I you did. Room. I saw you. You were un. You were unmistakable. You were like, I'm. Hey, ladies, I'm and here I'm too. Like, Move over. Move <laughs> over. We're gonna be friends after. I promise. <laughs> but I just, I really, really loved your energy. I loved your just like no bullshit approach. Like, and you were just, you were there because you really wanted to be there. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that other women didn't, but it was just like, listen, we're going to do some work right now and it's going to be uncomfortable as shit. So like strap on your seatbelts and let's just, let's just enjoy the ride. And that's one thing that really drew me to you. And as you and I were talking, I was just like, you know, fuck out me here, pick me, pick me. And, you know, I was telling you, you know, you were asking me, what do I do? And I was like, well, I help high achieving women stay married. And you're like, boom, fuck yeah. Smell the money. I was like, smell the money. Yes. I love the clarity. I love the clarity. Right. And then I was like, okay, awesome. And I was telling you how I'm going about doing it. I'm going about doing it through courses. You're like, "Uh uh-uh. I was like, hold hold, hold on, Jen. I'm I'm still not done. Let me go ahead. um, There's more. Let me go ahead and impress you. And you're like, no, 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 no. So, so with that, you're like, no, this is what I want from you. I want this. I want a secret society and I want you to build it this, you know, and you went into more detail, but it was just like, oh my gosh, there was like, I sort of pissed my pants a little bit. And then at the same time, it was, there was this like heightened level of excitement because this is exactly what I meant to do. This is exactly what I meant to do. All of the, all of, you know, and I started thinking about okay, wait a minute, Veronica, well, shit, you're going to transition because my market has been, you know, stay at home moms who they do want to go ahead and, you know, be, you know, live their purpose and step outside of their comfort zone. But the women that I like, the women that I'm like very much drawn to are the high achieving women because I, I, I get them. I am them. I'm, I, I struggle with a lot of things that they're struggling with. And so in your honor, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't know half the shit that I'm doing right now with regards to creating this secret society, how it's going to happen, what it's going to look like. And it's going to happen. I'm going to go in scared. And, and you're already doing it because we're having happening. this conversation, right? right? So you're already doing it. It's happening. Yeah. So I want to I wanna go ahead and first start off with how did you know? Like, how did you know you were meant to be an entrepreneur? Like, share with us your story. Well, actually, I think I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but everybody says that. Right. <laughs> but thank God, like that what happened to make me an entrepreneur happened, even though at the time I was super pissed off about it. You know, <laughs> I I was in the corporate world and I was that, you know, um, 
high climbing, ambitious woman who wanted to show, frankly, all the white men in the boardroom that I was just as capable, you know, and deserved to be seen and heard so that I could also contribute in a bigger way. Yeah. And so out of the gate, actually, my mom said that out of the shoot, I was always like this, but Mm -hmm. I, I will say that I never imagined that I was going to be an entrepreneur. What I thought was, oh, I'm going to like rise up the ranks. I'm going to get to like a certain level. And then I'm going to hop around so that I can be CEO of a huge tech company or something. I imagined that I was going to be like CEO of Apple one day. Like that was where I thought I was going to be. And what happened was, and something I learned early on from a really impressive female mentor I had in my early twenties. And she had, I think this is relevant to even what you do in the world is she had, she was the CMO of the company. She was like 32 years old. She had two young kids. She had a husband who used to come and eat lunch and they seemed like they liked each other. And I was like, yo, I have not seen that, especially for a lot of ambitious women. Yeah. And so during my performance review, I was like 23 years old. And I said to her, okay, can I ask you a question? She's like, sure. I said, if I want your life in 10 years, what would I have to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it feels like how you came to me at the table and was yeah. like, just tell me what to do. I want to know how to have not just who I am, but I want to have the things I want. Yeah. And she was so impressed with that question. She was like, no one ever asks me that. And I'm glad that you're seeing it. I'm glad that you're a young woman that wants to see that. So she told me straight up, she said, if you want to have influence and power inside of a company, you need to take on all the projects no one wants. So yeah. volunteer for the projects that no one wants. Be willing to do the hard things that nobody wants. And you, at least you'll get noticed instead of not just for your looks or like mm-hmm. your, you know, whatever, but for your ability to move things, yeah. right? That's what people want. It's just like you creating a movement where you're at. Anyway, so that's what I did in my corporate career. And it got me promoted and I got like a lot of high visibility projects. I don't know for whoever's listening. If you ever watched the word, uh, the, the show scandal, you know, Olivia Pope, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. people like now say that I was like the Olivia Pope of corporate because people <laughs> would give me the stuff nobody wanted and I would fix it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, my last project in corporate, I was the vice president of business to business marketing at Verizon. And this is like going to show how much of a seasoned chicken I am girl. Cause I am not a spring chicken. I'm a seasoned chicken. I was in corporate for 15 years and I've owned my company for 15 years. So yeah, 30 years in, you know, and the the last project I had was this new technology that uh, we thought was going to change the world, and it was called lives. It was called streaming. So what Netflix and Hulu and all of that today, it was the telecoms that actually changed the world. They were the ones that brought streaming to the market. Anyway, I don't want to bore you guys all with the tech stuff, but my point is, is that it was a huge freaking project, like a project that they only give they would give to somebody who they knew could do it. So I took it on because following my mentor's advice from early on. And after two and a half years of blood, sweat, tears, like sleeping in my office, having to delegate, watching my two young daughters at the time, you know, like my mom used to have to fly to like where I was to watch them like for the weekend, because I would have to work the weekends just to get this project underway. We successfully launched the project and now it's contributed billions. That's with a B to the world, actually probably trillions of dollars. And so Anyway, I was promised this big promotion if I completed this project. And when I got into my boss's office for that performance review, thinking, okay, I'm going to get that promotion and then I'm going to step off and go into Silicon Valley, um, 
he told me that I would be working for my white male counterpart. Um, and I realized in that moment that <clears throat> I had no control over my future, that all of the effort that I put in actually, it mattered to me and it made a difference, but it didn't matter to the system. Yeah. Like the system wasn't set up for me to succeed. What I realized too is because my counterpart, who by the way is very jealous of my life now, and we're yeah. really good friends because we tease each other. Like he's like, you're so lucky to have so much autonomy and freedom, and you're helping, really helping people. He played golf with my boss every weekend while I was working my ass off, right? Yeah. And I realized, okay, if that's the game, I don't fully agree with that game. I do believe that ambitious women actually we like to contribute and work. We just are overwhelmed with all the other unseen labor that we've got to do. And mm -hmm. we're also judged for being ambitious. So it was in that moment, Veronica, I made a nine month plan. Looking back, I wish it would have been a three month plan, but I had two kids to think about. So, yeah. and I was in a marriage to kind of tie it back to what you do. I was in a marriage that was not working for me. And it was, so in the background, all this background noise that nobody saw, all they saw was, Jen Kemp's badass, Jen Kemp's yep. like getting shit done, but they weren't seeing how unhappy I was in my personal life and how scared I was for my two daughters that I wasn't being a good role model for them in terms of like balance and harmony yeah. and like, you know, all the things. And so anyway, I made an I'm a plan to leave and I started my own company and it was, that's what happened from there. I just decided I was going to bet on me in that moment. And it scared me. Girl, I was scared. I was so scared. Yeah. I thought, First of all, too, I'm Asian, just to let y'all know about my cultural background. And in our in our culture, it's like I'm Filipino specifically. And, you know, you don't leave a good job just mm -hmm. for your own whims. You know what I'm saying? I had no reason to leave ladies who are listening. I had a $400,000 salary. I had a, I had a corner office with a disco ball in it. I had a parking spot that said my name yeah. next to all the executives. So I had all these trophies and triumphs that um, um uh, like a logical person would have said, don't go, right? But I realized that if I didn't bet on me in that moment, that I would always regret it. And I would be miserable for the rest of my life, like not just in my personal life, but in my professional life too. Yeah. And I think that ambitious women, um, actually, again, we actually like our ambition. We want to be yeah. recognized and respected for it, but we still want to have loving relationships. We still want to feel like taken care of. We still want it. Like we want it all. And I was like, I didn't have that dialed in my personal life. I had my professional life dialed in, but not my personal life. And so anyway, that's what, that's how I became an entrepreneur. I actually, that was because I was violent. My, my values were violated. Like I realized yeah. in that moment that I had no control over my future. And I realized that my highest value was autonomy. And so because of, I had no autonomy in a, that corporate job. So I decided to leave. So that's what happened. One thing you point out, and I'm as I'm doing these interviews, like I mentioned, I'm doing a series based on high achieving women and relationships. And one thing I'm I'm starting to notice is this pattern. I could totally identify the pattern. It's like I love that you highlighted we we actually thrive in the amount of love we have towards this ambition. Like nobody needs yep. to tell me what to do. Like nobody needs to tell me to, you know, work 15 or whatever, whatever the hell hours I need to work. Right. Nobody needs to tell me that I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm going to knock the shit out. I'm probably going to be scared doing it the entire time. Totally. It's going to happen anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. However, like, I love that you highlighted the fact that career 
career-wise, knocking it out of the park. So much so that nobody had any clue what was actually going on for you internally. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about like when you realized, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not entirely happy. Mm -hmm. And how, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I also notice is with high achieving women, like there are so many high achieving women who are stuck in very unhealthy marriages or divorced or feeling like so alone. And that's something that a lot of women, a lot of people don't know. That is so real. That is so real. And I also think it's because we're women, because I don't think anybody asks or thinks of a high achieving man as, you know, having, uh, you know, any, like, there's no conversation around that because it doesn't matter Mm -mm. in society. Whereas with women, we are expected to be soft and nurturing and if we're ambitious, hardcore a bit. And I also want to say that doesn't make us necessarily hustlers. That just makes us focused, right? Like I I think this conversation on hustle is also a whole conversation we could talk about. But my point is, is that if you love what you do, you're not hustling. I just want to say that you are just Mm -hmm. doing what you love and what you're good at. So on the personal side, to answer your question, you know, I think a lot of ambitious women, I'm seeing this pattern too, as from friends, um, that, that just like me, who actually married people who weren't probably as what's the, I'm not looking for the word of like, I don't want to say like they weren't good enough for us, but it wasn't a compatible match. But I find that ambitious women, I'm just going to speak for myself, yeah. that I kind of defaulted to, Hey, he's a good person. Mm. And, uh, so therefore let's fine. He wants to marry me. Let's go. I, I actually have heard that from many people. And I thought, I thought I was the only one like, gosh, I'm so good at this, but I suck at relationships. Like I'm like, I yeah. suck at interpersonal relationships with men. Like I, yeah. I had this belief system that because men didn't understand me, they felt threatened by me. They felt emasculated by me. Yeah. I had all these stories going that even I didn't realize because I wasn't as self-aware back then, you know, in my yeah. late twenties and my, in my early thirties that like my husband at the time, so I am divorced and he and I have what I'd call a very uh, a very good relationship now, much better than when we were married because we have two children and now they're grown women, but like, you know, they're, they're young adults now, but I didn't know how to be in a relationship with him. Yes. Right. But I think people assume, especially for women, we're the ones who are supposed to work on the relationship. Yep. We're supposed to be the ones that make it work. And I was like, I don't know how to make this work. And I don't know why I'm unhappy. I couldn't even identify Veronica what the source of my unhappiness was all I knew was it wasn't working for me, but I had X amount of hours in the day. And most of those hours went towards mm-hmm. my, my job. And I was like, well, whatever, this is, I guess the hand I was dealt in life, you know, yeah. in terms of relationships, like you can't be good at everything. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm just okay at that. I'm mediocre at relationships. Yeah. Right. That's what I believed. So, you know, I think that that's how I like, I didn't really fully realize it until I made the decision to become an entrepreneur because I was not excited about my marriage, but I also was like, you know, we got two kids. We should make it work. He's not a, he's not a bad human. He's not a bad person, Mm -hmm. but we are very different. Like he was actually quite, he's an only child. He was quite spoiled growing up. He loved like kicking back and getting the spoils of it, but I wanted him to be interested in what I was doing. So anyway, we had a lot of things that we didn't have in common. 
and except for our kids. And um, we ultimately did divorce, but it was when I decided to be an entrepreneur that it really exposed. Like he was like, wait, because I was making a lot of money. He's like, wait, you're not going to just go and like figure stuff out. And I wanted to take a loan out. I wanted to make, take some bigger risks. Like I wanted to take a loan out on our house. And he was like, you know, I trust you, which I appreciated. He really did trust me in that way. But he was like, but like, why? Like you have it all. Why would you want to do this? And I go, it's so interesting that you think we have it all when we are very unhappy in our relationship. That that we have to tolerate. Yeah. That we have to tolerate just being okay. Like we weren't intimate anymore. We were just kind of going through the motions and we were young still. And I'm like, is this the way? Like I'm like 30 and I'm not having like the best sex of my life. Yeah. I'm not having juicy conversations with the person that I love. Cause I would say like, one thing I realized Veronica is like, love is one thing, right? But do we like each other? And yeah. I was like, I love you, but I don't like you. And same yeah. for him. Right. And I was yeah. like, how do we get back to that? And it just ultimately didn't work out because I was building my own business and he was actually tripping the whole time. And I was like, you know what? I think we're better apart. And so, but I always tell people too, like ambitious women, I don't think we get married to get divorced. Like we're not going, Hey, let's get married so we can get divorced. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I wanted to get divorced. I just know how to solve it. So that's where people like you come in where Mm -hmm. like, we go and seek help and we did get therapy by the way. We did all the things, Yeah, but it's still just, we didn't have the breakthrough no. Um, no. that we needed to get. So anyway, I could go on and on, but that's really when you- I discovered it. Hey there, high achieving moms and wives. Are you tired of feeling like something's missing in your marriage? Well, buckle up because I'm about to reveal the missing puzzle piece that will bring back the romance, intimacy, and equality you've been craving. I understand what you're going through. It's not just about the occasional date night or a box of chocolates. It's about creating a deep emotional connection, feeling truly understood, and being on the same page when it comes to parenting. You want more than just a teammate. You want a partner who supports you, lifts you up, and shares the responsibilities of life. But let's be real. Finding that balance isn't easy. That's why my seven principles for making marriage work program is here to guide you every step of the way. In just 12 weeks, I will help you build the foundation of a rock solid relationship. One that's built on romance, intimacy, and equality. Imagine rekindling that spark, reigniting the passion, and discovering a whole new level of emotional security and communication with your partner. It's time to break free from the mundane and reignite the fire. But wait, you might be thinking, what have I tried already? Trust me, we've seen it all. Couples who've tried everything from fancy date nights to self-help books. And while those things have their place, they often miss the mark when it comes to true transformation. That's where my expertise comes in. As a licensed marriage and family therapist with a decade of experience, I've honed my skills in helping couples like you create lasting change. Together, we'll tackle the root issues and provide you with practical tools that actually work. So don't settle for an average marriage when extraordinary is within reach. Head over to veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching right now to learn more about this program and apply. Remember, spots are limited, so don't wait. 
This is your chance to finally have the romance, intimacy, and equality you've been yearning for. It's time to reclaim your emotional connection, support each other, and become the unstoppable team you were meant to be. Let's rewrite the story of your marriage together. Visit veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching and take the first step towards a love that exceeds your wildest dreams. The journey to a fulfilling marriage starts now. Don't miss out. So what are you waiting for? Go to veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching and let's transform your relationship. What would you say you mentioned, you know, when I became an entrepreneur, that's when it started exposing some of the issues that you guys were experiencing in the relationship. Mm -hmm. What would you say were some of your greatest fears while these issues were being exposed? Mm -hmm. Well, I honestly was like afraid of obviously losing everything that we both had worked towards. Like he wasn't some loser who wasn't like contributing or anything like that. I certainly had the bulk of the, uh, I was the breadwinner really. I had been making two times what he was making, but I was worried about losing our, our, our comfort that we had worked so hard for you know, our two girls were in excellent schools. We had a beautiful house. You know, we had all the things. And um, I was worried about that. I was worried, obviously, about my reputation. Like, you yes. know, I, I was like, I was like, how can I be a loser over here and a winner over here? Yep. You know, and and third, I was afraid of my mom. Y'all, like, you just yeah. didn't understand. Like, I, <laughs> I love that you lot. said that. I love that you said that. Like, let's like, keep it real. Let's just keep it real. Right. I think a lot of women are afraid. We it would be normal for us to be afraid of what our parents think of us. Yeah. Not, that's not true for everyone, but I think it's for ambitious women. Part of the reason we're ambitious is like we were raised in a certain way, mm-hmm. it, whether we were neglected or we were pushed. Like either way, we're trying yeah. to prove something. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. And like whether our mom was present or not, we're trying to fight that woman and try to be either both like want them to love us, but also want them to be proud of us, but also tell them, look at me. I did what you said I probably couldn't do. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was scared of my mom. That's the straight up fact. And I hear I was a grown woman with two children of my own and tripping that she was going to be all in my stuff. And guess what, friends? She was trusted. My mom is Filipino tiger mom and thought (laughs) I was crazy. Like she was like, you're losing it. We might have, you might have to go like Maybe you should go uh, see a psychiatrist, which by the yep. way, I was, I was getting therapy. I yeah. was doing all things. I'm like, mom, I am. She's like, well, what is this person telling you? Like, they're telling you to leave your whole family. I said, mom, I'm not leaving my whole family. I want us to raise the girls, be as best of role models. I need to work on me, right? Because yeah. I got married thinking I wanted to undo all the things that my parents did. Cause my, I have like basically my life, my, my parents' life is my life now, except I'm 10 X more like ambitious. Yeah. So I was like, I wanted the kids. I wanted a marriage, but my mom was the first one in her circle of friends back in like the seven, late seventies and early eighties to get divorced. And she was mortified. Yep. And so it was like for me, and she, she talked about it so much that I was like, okay, great. I'm going to deal with my mom and my reputation now. And everybody's going to be like, oh, look at Jen. You know, she's see what ambition gets you. Like it makes you not focus. Oh yeah. Yes. That part. Yes. So that part is the biggest part. And I found myself um, struggling in my own marriage with like 
okay, maybe, you know, okay. So I was featured in the magazine again, like I'm not going to, I shared it the first time and maybe not going to share it so much the second time, you know, and okay, well shit, the company hit this, this mark or this number. And it's like, and bring it back, Veronica, bring it back, you know? And I've noticed from all the women that I've interviewed, it's been the same thing. Like there's like this quiet celebration that happens, but we can't share it with friends. We can't share it with our husbands. We can't share it with anybody yep. because of what comes along with it. And so, yeah, here you go. Here's, an, and that's, that's one of the primary reasons when you came at me and we're like, Veronica fucking street secret society. And it was like, I started thinking about like all of the high achieving women I've, I've known, I've fought, maybe not personally known, but I've even followed. And it's like every single one of them, it's like, well, shit, wait a minute. That's not fair. That's not no, fair because fair. if it was in reverse, how many freaking high achieving women, men have somebody right there, you know, supporting them the entire time. And it's like, we got to put an end to this. This is this men is- don't shrink when they have an accolade, but we, no. we manage our celebrations. We feel like we have to manage it. Like we're our own PR firm figuring out yeah. who's going to be offended if they see you know, us celebrating. And also it doesn't feel safe to be vulnerable. Like it doesn't feel safe to also feel like, um, you know, by saying these things like this podcast, I'm excited. Like I, I always say to people, I don't mind. I'm an open book. You ask Mm -hmm. me, I'm going to tell you, but we don't have enough places like this. And that's why when I met you, I'm like, high achieving women need to feel safe to be vulnerable and to celebrate themselves first with other people who can see them, then that will motivate a lot of us to come out and say, look, I don't want to have to trade off my ambition for love in my life. Like how many entrepreneurs have you met Veronica who are like, they're afraid to go all out because they don't want to lose their marriage, which I completely understand. But that's why I always tell them, I'm like, you got to go find a Veronica. I didn't know you yet, but like, you got to go find somebody who can work out that, like what's going to still work because all relationships require some level of compromise, which is fine. But if you don't know what's being unsaid, that's when shit falls apart. And for me, when I got remarried, I was clear that's not what I wanted to happen again. So it was like, but I, 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 that's why I was like, when I saw you, when you were saying you were going to help, you're helping these other people, which I think is awesome. Cause I think we all, if we're, if you're a mom, you're a mom, right? You just have different values or levels of things you want to do. But I was like, what you really need to do is help bring this critical conversation together about vulnerability and shame that comes around relationships. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to do it out in the open. No, that's why I said secret. It's not even just to be like exclusive or bougie. It's about like, we first need to be in relationship with ourselves and being facilitated with it by someone like you, because it's hard to find the others. We do think we're alone. We know we're not, but we're afraid to even say, Hey, are you like me? Like, are you having these issues too? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find that like, you know, most conversations, you know, when it's kind of like one of those things that you slip, like I gave my kids yogurt while we were driving on the way over here and they ended up sharing because we only had one yogurt left in the refrigerator and they made it to school (laughs) five minutes late, but it wasn't that big of a deal because they got their and they had a substitute teacher, so nobody cares. And it's like, it's kind of like, I'm just going to dump this real quick and just see if it lands and fuck, it didn't land. Okay. I'm on my mm. own again. You know what I mean? But it does mm. feel like that. And I know like in my own, my own relationship, you know, there was that bit of, 
you know, where I remember my husband telling me once this business started growing, I remember we were at, we were waiting at a, um, waiting for a name to be called at a restaurant. And he's like, he turned to me and he's like, babe, you don't need me. And I looked at him and I'm like, baby, I've never needed you. I'm, (laughs) I'm like, baby, I've never needed you. I've always wanted to be with you. Like I wanted to be with you. Like you're my best friend. Like, you know, and like, yeah, we're here and yeah, the business is here, you know? And even when like, I would introduce myself, you know, to other people and, you know, um, especially my kids go to private school. So it's always like, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs, a bunch of doctors and everything. And it's like, oh, it's right away. I'm dismissed. And, oh, it's your guys's business. And they're looking at my husband and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's, it's mine. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I'm going full ownership of this. Right? right. But it's like, I've no, I noticed some of the transitions that happened and I'm thankful that I was a therapist or I am a therapist to recognize those, those red flags that I would have a thousand percent ignored, you know, 10 years ago, however many years ago, because again, I didn't, I didn't know. And it's not something that I would willingly ignore. It's just like you said, we we don't know what we don't know. And although we think it's this way, it's like, well, maybe this is just the card that I was dealt. Oh my God. I think that like, it's the curse of the ambitious woman that also, because we're perceived as knowing a lot, I I can imagine you be a therapist. They're like, you should know how to fix everything in your marriage or no, it's not true. You know, learning comes from being in things and being willing to, again, talk about what's unsaid, I think in a lot of ways. And I, I just think it's so funny how we also have to carry that cross too. Is it going to carry the cross of being smart and therefore, oh, you must know how to fix this. It's like, no, I actually don't like, I I don't, and I don't know why I I know partly why I'm not succeeding at it, but I'm also exhausted thinking about it because I'm so also busy thinking about my children's future and my own want to contribute in a way that I feel like I should be name of this podcast unapologetic for, I shouldn't have to apologize that this is the way I am and who I am. Right. Uh, but also be vulnerable and be safe to be vulnerable about like what I don't, I just feel like there's just, there, again, there was a point in my, uh, gosh, when I was like 36, where I was like, I guess I'm just, after I got divorced, I was like, oh, I guess I'm just made to be um, an old maid. And I kind of accepted that. And I was like, yeah. I'll just date and have a good time. And I didn't even know how to date y'all. Like, I didn't know, like, I think that ambitious women typically, they actually Either they don't get married at all, generally, yeah. or they get married younger. Yep. And they're trying to do it all. And that was me. I was that person. And I was like, okay, 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 universe. Okay, God. This is like, I'm supposed to be single. This is my thing. Yeah. And I, 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 re- I remember because, and I, but then I remember like I was coming this out of my This breaks my heart. This breaks my I heart. Know. I know. But it's true. Yeah. I thought I wasn't. I wasn't a good companion, I guess. And, but at the same time, I was like, I really like having a homie. I'm like you, I (laughs) like, I like having companionship. And even my ex-husband, he was a good friend to me. Like he wasn't trying to get in my way, but he just all, he was very negative about life. Like not towards me, but he like thought the world sucked and he would always talk about like doomsday. And I was like, I can't have this energy Mm -hmm. in my life. Right. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want my daughters to see that. 
but it wasn't like he got in my way. So that's why people thought, well, oh, why fine. did you just stay with him? Yep. Yeah. And also you should stay with him because he's yeah. not getting in your way. He wasn't fighting me on mm-hmm. this stuff. And I go, so I'm supposed to live my entire life with somebody who just is waiting to die versus I want to live. Yeah. I, you guys, it's not, that's not good enough. No. Like no. it's okay for him, but it's not okay for me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I don't think people, this is why this conversation is so critical because this is also why we get burnt out. This is why women get heart, heart attacks and cancer because yeah. it all affects our health. Like there's yeah. this, you know, the four things in life, even in marketing, because that's mm-hmm. what I teach yep. and strategy is the four things you got to look at when you want to see if what you do can help people and monetize it are health, wealth, self, and relationships. Bingo. So those are the four areas. And actually you got to find a way to, to know what you need in those four areas so that you can live a life that feels meaningful while you're here. And, um, and you got to do it with other people, whether we like it or not, because ultimately we are creatures of companionship, generally no. speaking. Um, no, a thousand, a thousand percent, a yeah. thousand percent. What would you say? So now you're remarried. Mm-hmm. You're still a badass, right? And you're 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 taking things to the next level. What would you say right now is maybe a struggle in the relationship or something that, you know, is is it's not maybe not may, might not be a big issue, but it might be something that you're like if I could if I could fix this cuz now we know we're not settling. So it's like god if, if there was something I could do about this situation or about the way we communicate or about the way we connect, like mm-hmm. then I would, I would, I would feel at peace. I would feel connected. I would feel the love. Like, mm-hmm. what would you say would be that missing piece for you? Mm-hmm. So here's what's interesting is in the beginning of our relationship, I would say the biggest and I'm going to, the reason I have to do say it this way is because there's a context here that I think is important for everyone to hear is I thought I, I basically wanted something from a man that I didn't think a man would want. And that was, I was like, I want to run my relationship like a business. And I love you. I love you. Uh, <laughs> I love you. You're so a fucking entrepreneur. I love you. And I was like, cause then I can feel successful. Yeah. And I feel so comfortable communicating to my team, to my customers. I want to feel the same level of communication cadence with my partner. How can I do that? Well, the only way I know how to do it is to run it like a business. And that might sound cold to some of you, but it actually is working phenomenally. And that's, <laughs> so I just, I just want to say that when you ask like what right now is probably, you know, like a challenge, I would say because we've been together now, we couldn't, we keep like just yesterday, we were like, holy crap, we've been together for 10 years now. And we, it feels like three years. It doesn't feel like 10, which is exciting because it's like, oh, we still feel fresh and Mm -hmm. things are pretty good. And I never thought this was possible. And I don't want anybody who's listening thinking, okay, now she's has it great. It's not that it's great. We argue like normal people. We like get on each other's nerves. But I have to say like, it's actually quite good because we do, let me give you some of the solutions we've put in place because I run it like a business. We've decided that I'm the CEO of our business <laughs> and he's the CEO of our life. You know that there's okay. like every part of me that doesn't want to go into therapist mode. And so I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back. 
When, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Cause this would not be a true, the type of relationship we have. This would not be true. One of the main reasons why we do that is because I'm going to call it out because of fear. I'm going to mm-hmm. run it with what's familiar. This is mm-hmm. what's familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And as long as this is familiar, then I don't have to step outside of my comfort zone. And I'm not saying that you don't, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's ultimately what ends up happening. I don't have to step outside my comfort zone and I don't have to learn anything new and endure any form of pain. Yes. But here's the thing. So this is what I want. That's why I wanted to say like what was before when we first yeah. started getting together is it was extremely uncomfortable for both yeah. of us because I actually had never run my, my relationship like that. So that's the yeah. first thing. So it was a new approach that I was like, let's try this on. I know it sounds weird. <laughs> it doesn't Maybe sound you're weird. like, you're like, fuck off. Like if he was, I told him, just tell me straight up if this is not something you want to try, I'm okay with it. I yeah. don't want to boss you, but I'm wondering. And cause he was also married before. Yeah. This is our second marriage. And he was the breadwinner. He was always the one driving. And he's, my husband is a Capricorn. He is a all man. He was, you know, and I said, and I'm curious about what you want in your life. Yeah. Like, what do you want? He's like, I actually don't want to feel, this is something about men. I don't want to feel the burden of having to take care of everything too, financially. And I think a lot of men don't talk about it. that. Boom. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, Veronica, it's like, you're right. I did try something that was familiar, but it also was nothing I'd ever done before to try yeah. it. So over the, fir- the first five years were actually not, I wouldn't call it rocky. I'd call it like we stumbled a lot. We fumbled yeah. a lot around of course, like his identity as a man and my identity as a woman. I wanted to feel seen and nurtured too. Yep. He wanted to feel like a man. And so in the first five years, it was actually I would have answered that is my point. If we would have met five years ago, I'd be like, you know, we're still having communication breakdowns, even though we're both trying to make this like thing work. But then (laughs) you're going to love this. And (laughs) I mean, I think is that I said, you know, we're having these communication issues and um, let's try something I do with my team, (laughs) which is (laughs) like strategic planning our relationship, right? So we started this thing where every quarter we go away and um, we have these agreements about our relationship, how we want our life to feel, how we want it to look, what are things that matter to us. And we decided that every time we meet, the first thing we say is what isn't working about these, this now, like what's yeah. not working. And we wanted to be able to surface that first before yeah. it was like, talk about what's great because then we can solve that together. Yeah. And I got to tell you, we've been doing it for five years now. So the first five, we didn't have that ritual, if you will. What we had was an agreement that we were trying to figure out without some structure. And he likes structure a lot. He's very organized. I need structure. I don't want to do the structure, but I need it, right? Yeah. Most ambitious women are like that. That's what we yep. need COOs and people to help Everybody us. Else. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story short, that has helped us. So now uh, our biggest challenge, I guess, is not to get butt hurt when we surface the bad thing every quarter. Like, cause they're, it's still sensitive. Like yep. we're still human beings. We're still feeling things. We're still, and we're navigating like a different decade in our life. You know, we're yes. in our last part of our forties now. Right. Like, and now we're moving, we're going to be moving into our fifties in the next decade. And so it's like, what do we actually want and have we achieved things personally for ourselves, even together, like, and apart. So we're just grown, we're just grown ass people more so than anything, Veronica now, yeah. but it doesn't mean that we don't 
still get butthurt and sensitive around like, like, for example, like in our last, we call it our, like our, 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 um, our couple solo, like we just go off, mm-hmm. we, you know, put our son in with my mom and our dogs in daycare and we just go. And like, I think recently, like he said something to me, like, you know, I actually don't like that you travel so much. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, you said that before. He's like, but I actually like really want you to pull back. That's what I would like. And I was like, yeah, but first of all, I love to travel. Secondly, like a lot of that has to do with client work and I actually don't mind it. And so we had a little bit of an impasse because I'm like, I don't feel like I want to pull back. Mm -mm. And so that's an example of like a hard conversation. So we still have them. Of course, of course. That's when you ask the question of like, what's your biggest challenge? I think my biggest challenge is not judging that we're not perfect still. Like we've put all this shit in place yeah, and yet we're still not perfect, but that's that belief system that keeps us from just going, wow, I mean, we're doing the best we can and we are committed to each other. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we, we go to therapy together still. We're committed to that 10 years later. It's really helping, you know, Um, I heard shit. One thing happened three years ago. He was like going through something and he would not communicate it. And he was pissing me off. And I was like, you know what? You're feeling like when we first met, when you didn't like, I feel like you're resenting something and you're not expressing it. And he's like, I go, whatever you want to do. Do you want to go and like change your career and your business? I don't care. Just do it. Right. And then he was just acting salty. So I was like, I'm going to go get a dog. Yeah. So I brought home a dog. (laughs) He was like, we can't take care of a dog right now. I was like, oh, we're going to take care of a dog. Yeah. You know, so we still have things where we don't agree and I do stuff. And he's like, okay, bitch. He doesn't say that. But I, know <laughs> I know in his head, he's like, so I don't know if you, you know, I was like, he's like, okay, bitch. Like, okay. Now it's like, I was like, okay. So now we have a dog to take care of. What are we going to do now? So I think that like, I still do catty shit like that. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And so we're not perfect. I guess that's my answer. None like, of us are. You know, those are the challenges are, is like just knowing that we're doing our best. And I'm way more committed to this marriage, not just because of who he is, but it, I've grown. Right. And I've like yeah. looked at what I want. Right. And in the beginning, our first date, I was like straight up, this is what I want. I never did that with my ex-husband. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God, I have never had a woman like sit down with me and be like, mm-hmm. this is what I want. I said, I just think it's important because life is short, right? So it's okay if you don't want those things. Yeah, I'll still be your friend, but I don't want to be married. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't understand who I am. So uh, that would be one area where I'm wondering, you know, um, how we can explore that more. So we we dive into what that really is all about. You know what I mean? Because it sounds like that right there. Obviously, I'm not going to go into a couple session right now, but like that right there is it, it's there's a little bit of that disconnect. And one thing that I really admire about your guys' relationship is you guys are both aware that, listen, we're not going to be perfect. And the goal isn't perfection. The goal is just like with any healthy relationship, the goal is to go ahead and have these uncomfortable conversations. And if we're not able to identify what this is that keeps on coming up or we keep on stumbling over, that we are both willing to go ahead and navigate these uncharted waters together. And that's one thing I will say that I definitely admire about your guys' relationship, which leads me to my next question. How can I, how can I help you? In what ways mm-hmm. can I serve you? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, that's such a hard question for an ambitious woman. 
I know. We don't know how I'm to asking ask, these things. We don't know how to ask for help. Well, you know, I want you, I want you to think of like when I ask this question. I, I'm totally asking you to be vulnerable and off the cuff and live and all of the things, but I want you to think about like. And I wouldn't be asking this question if I kind of already didn't know the answer. And if I wouldn't be asking this question, if I didn't know I could help, but I know I could help and you know, I could help, but I really want you to think about that. Like, in what way can I best serve you? So it's a secret society. We're freaking, you know, we're, it's, it's just us with a group of high achieving women who are struggling. I'm going to tell you right now, a, a lot of my clients, they're struggling with that same thing. It's like, what is this? This mm-hmm. is the part that trips us up. What is mm-hmm. this? And so, like, is it education? Is it um, is it more of like a blueprint process? Like, or is it is it just that community and being able to go ahead and process through it so you can because for high achieving women, like just give us the fucking answers, like straight up, give us the answers and then help me process through it so I can implement it right off the bat. And that's one thing I love about us. Right. I'm not afraid right. to do the We work. like results. We like results Bingo. and we want to solve it. We're committed to the solution. So, okay, great. I'm glad you couched it like this so that it helps me understand uh, you know, cause I could say a lot of things I need help with this. Just be clear. Um, <laughs> um, in as an ambitious woman, when it comes to relationships with my partner, what I think would help me the most is definitely knowing other women out there. So that's the community piece of it. Um, that they were curated in a way that because you knew certain, like you spoke of patterns and commonalities yeah. that like you as the expert, like in this realm, like that we don't have to be the expert, that actually we can come in, we can still feel whole, Mm -hmm. successful, all the things, and that the facilitator, aka you, has not just the expertise, obviously, since you have all the authority, I mean, you have, you're a therapist, you have all these things, but also I think tools, definitely, whether it's a blueprint or whatever, but tools to go, let's talk about the five things that I see in common with all of us. And let me show you a couple tools that you can use and have an opportunity to express that as a, as a strategist, like, this is what I think you should do is I think that a lot it's therapy feels where I think a lot of high achieving women get therapy, but it's so siloed and silent over here. Okay. And then there's no integration. Mm -mm. And I feel like this is that's what we need is we need integration and for us not to fully, we need to own the solution, but we also need to be told what the fuck to do. I'm telling you, people think that smart women yeah. don't want to be told what we want is qualified people to tell Bingo. us what to do. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. And I know, cause when we met, you were talking about like how, like even to grow in your business, you actually have to try on different types of mentors, courses, mm-hmm. programs, and see and take risk. Like you're going to spend some money, time, and energy to find what's working for you. I think yep. in relationships, if that's your domain, same thing for us, like mm-hmm. as ambitious women, that's what we need. I think that's what know, I would want. I think what, what I would add to that too, to help is also letting you know that that's what I've gone through. And the, like me, me mm-hmm. sharing that with you, sharing oh, that sure. story, like this is what I've gone through and this is how I came out of it. 
Yes. And my I last- it's hard for therapists to do that. That's why I'm, I, I admire that you. Oh yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all that. about it. I'm like, girl, let me, let, let me go ahead and give you a couple stars real quick. <laughs> <laughs> my last question. How do you define success? Oh, I define success as being living a values-driven life, I like to say. And so living a values-driven life to me means that in health, wealth, um, self, and relationships, that my life exhibits my thoughts. Like that, ju- that whatever's in my head that, my, that I've worked towards through all the uncomfortable things to actually make them come true. And that nobody's actually in my way to do that. And so success to me looks like that. Success to me looks like what I call wellness of all, like wellness of all those four things. And wellness doesn't mean perfection. It means well, you know, Mm -hmm. it's healthy because tension can also be healthy, right? And so that's how I define success. Jen, this has been amazing. Amazing. How can we find you? For those ladies that are like, I need to work with Jen. I love her personality. I love who she is. How do how can we work with you? Well, you can go to femfluence.com. So that's F-E-M-M-E-F-L-U-E-N-C-E. Like basically influence and affluence for women, right? That's my that's where you go, femfluence.com forward slash empowered. And I gave you a couple of free little juicy gifts there to be able to like figure out what your brand is because. Ambitious women, especially in today's world, there are three types of brands, personal brands, product brands, and company brands. And now more than ever, our personal brand inside of whatever we're doing, even in corporate, you have a brand like mm-hmm. to your colleagues and your, and your bosses. So helping you be able to get in touch with your real identity and make it shine through is how I contribute to ambitious women. So go there. You got some free gifts there. Um, and just DM me on Instagram. It's my favorite place to have a dialogue, Jenna, at jennifer.chem. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to meet anyone who listens to this. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So much fun. Let's be honest. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. Five things that are killing your marriage tips from a therapist. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. Ladies, this guide is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for couples. I am on a mission to help you and your partner experience stress-free living. With this free guide, we are setting our marriages up for success, but it starts with you. You will find this free guide here in the show notes or go to www.veronicacisneros.org. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. 
from ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.